Hey everybody on social media, my family. Guys, it is uh, another day for leveling up. I'm so grateful to be here. I'm your host, Brigham Blackham, and we have a very special guest today on uh, on this call. Uh, this is my good friend, Clay Westerland, and I'm so excited to be able to dive in and to hear a little bit more of his story and to be able to talk a little bit more about entrepreneurship and business. Remember, the, the purpose of this call today is going to be a little different than, than normal. This is actually going to be how we really understand what it takes to be an entrepreneur and how to go from wherever you're at, whatever your background is, uh, to get to that next level. Now, one of the things I love about my, my good friend Clay is not only is he willing to, to share about what it is that he's got in, in his business, but he's someone that has actually created some masterminds. He's been creating some value all along the way. And it, it's cool. Once you get to a point where where you're, you're making money that you're like, you know what, now I want to make a difference. And that's what he's going to be doing today, sharing some insight and ideas about how we can get to that next level, how we can improve ourselves. And I'm going to ask him a couple of questions, hear a little bit about his origin story, some of the cool things that he's been able to do. And then we're hopefully going to build some bridges for you today to be able to get to that next level as well. So Clay, uh, tell us a little bit about your backstory. How'd you get into this entrepreneurial game? How, how are you how are you getting that origin story? Tell us about yourself. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, being being a, a product of the eighties, um, I, I would say that my my origin story as a, as an entrepreneur was pretty similar to a lot of lot of uh, kids, you know, my age. Um, you know, as 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 a teenager, um, you know, I was out there mowing lawns, you know, shoveling shoveling sidewalks, shoveling driveways. You know, that was. I guess you consider, you know, kind of my first real entrepreneurial um, endeavors. Um, obviously, I still did the whole uh, lemonade stand as a kid, but you know that that uh, didn't really seem scalable at the time. And you know, I I, I did get a lot of a lot of help from my mom. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, like I said, you know, did did the whole mowing the lawns, you know, because like you know, as a teenager, there was a lot of a lot of stuff that I wanted and. You know, so that was the only way that I could uh, earn money. <laughs> um, so yeah, then that that entrepreneurial kind of spirit. Um, you know, I guess they they call them side hustles now. Um, uh, really stuck with me through through college, and you know, I was always trying various things. Um, you know, I still had like a normal job, but I was again always. You know, I, I like to say. Um, I was I was doing side hustles before side hustles were cool. <laughs> makes me makes me sound old, but uh, but yeah. So I mean, I, I did everything. I I uh, bought into like a, a franchise for uh, distributing a, an energy drink. Um, that that was kind of fun. You know, I had to go out and go to different convenience stores to um, get them to stock it, and then I I put on. Uh, you know, promotional parties at clubs and, you know, and uh, I, I could go on for, for hours on all the different entrepreneurial um, endeavors <clears throat> that I tried. Um, more more recently, um, and, and we'll get into uh, my short-term rental business, but I would say kind of my, my first uh, real professional company um, <clears throat> was uh, I, I did marketing consulting for small businesses. Um, when I was in college, I was actually taking some of my um, student loan money and purchasing um, courses, online courses, 
listening to podcasts, you know, all about kind of in the internet marketing realm. And then before I even graduated college, I actually started, um, you know, picking up some from friends and family clients that had small businesses doing some consulting for them. Um, so that was kind of my, my first, um, like I said, real quote unquote, real business. Um, and then my, my, my most successful one to date, uh, which, you know, I can share more about, um, is that I, I currently have a a short-term rental management company. Um, and then like you mentioned now that, uh, that has, has done very well for myself. Um, I I did some reflection and said, okay, what do I, what do I really want to do in the world, create my legacy? Um, and so that, um, I, created a, a mastermind company uh, with a good friend of mine. So we're, we're just uh, getting that rolled out here in, in 2024. But so, yeah, that's kind of just uh, uh, me in a nutshell. Uh, I do, do have 23 years in the military as well. Did a couple tours over in Iraq. So, but yeah. So other than that, uh, you know, I can, answer any any other questions or yeah no problem so it sounds like not only have you had the experience of the lemonade stand but you've gone and be able to progress in multiple ways uh with this desire to to solve important problems Mm -hmm. and i think it's it's awesome that you're not just staying in you know one little lane saying oh i'm gonna be a lemonade stand guy forever but (laughs) you, you took those ideas and you're like i can do better than this and you just kept going to that next iteration of yourself can you yeah. can you tell us about maybe one of the the challenges that you had personally uh, as you're kind of making this progression from where you were to where you are now that that allowed you to to really break through that glass ceiling because some people get stuck because of all of their internal turmoil saying oh I can't do this because of whatever the excuse is so tell us right. how did you break through some of those self limiting beliefs yeah um, <clears throat> yeah I mean. Really, you know, I think everybody obviously has has limiting beliefs and, you know, there's there's been times that, you know, I doubted myself, but, um, you know, one of one of my strengths is really I have a, a lot of tenacity. So I'm just really, you know, like when when push comes to shove, it's just like even though I might have that that little voice in the back of my head, like, Hey, you know, you don't know, you don't really know anything about this particular venture. Um, Hey, you know, you don't have, there's, there's so many people more skilled than you. Um, You know, then the, the other voice in my head says, you know what, you know, other people have done it and everybody had to start from scratch themselves. So if somebody can do it, I can do it. So because you had an example or a, a model, you said, you know what, I can mimic that. I can do this. If they can do it, I can do it. And because you have that model and you were willing to take the action necessary to make sure that model was proven, uh, you've been able to get some awesome results. Could you give us like an idea of maybe what what to expect when you're first starting out? So let's say you're a brand new entrepreneur. You You want to start a business, but you just you're not quite sure how to, what, what is some good advice you could give a brand new person that wants to do it? And you know, they're going to hit some roadblocks that you've, yeah. you've experienced. Go ahead. So, I mean, you know, not to sound cliche, but you know, the, the phrase, you know, the journey of a, a thousand miles always starts with one step. 
So, you know, I don't have any big profound, you know, like, oh my gosh, you know, light bulb, like that's going to, you know, be some revelatory um, piece of information that somebody needs to get started. Literally, it, it's as simple as it can be is just get started. And, you know, I didn't know everything. I still don't know everything when it comes to entrepreneurship. You know, there's, but all I did was just look in front of myself and say, okay, what is the next step that I can take? And then every time I encountered, you know, an obstacle, then it's like, okay, I looked at that obstacle and said, okay, you know, do I need to go over it? Do I need to go around it? Do I need to go through it? You know, and so I, I relied on my, my trusty friend, Google, you know, to, uh, you know, help me, help me with information on, you know, like, okay, how do I, you know, when it came to, to bookkeeping or taxes or, you know, different type of business entities, you know, that I could form and what's the different benefits between those. So again, it's just like, you know, there's going to be so many different things along the way and you just have to, you know, tackle each domino at a time. Yeah, and then 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 they start to start to knock over each other. I love that. that so instead of worrying about <clears throat> how to do every single thing that you need to in your business, you're like, what is the next domino I need to fall? Yeah, and you you do that just in time, learning to make sure that you figure out what needs to happen. And if you don't know it, then you you're like, well, I, I've got a great assistant named Google, or I have a great community I can go and tap into, and. Yep you get inquisitive and curious. How do I do X, Y, or Z? And a lot of times it's filling in the who, not necessarily even how, because how comes only after you've done something. Yeah. I think when you're willing to be, just like what you're saying, willing to be vulnerable and actually ask those questions, you're going to to be able to get some answers. might take a little while, but you absolutely can. So I I have another question for you. Since, Since you started really diving into growing and expanding your business. I'm sure there's been been some times where you're like, man, why did I do this? What what were some of those moments where you're like, oh, what are the the struggles and the challenges that you've experienced? And why do you keep doing it? Because I know it it can take you out of the game if you don't have the right mindset. Yeah. Well, um, you know, I I don't know if this sounds uh, bad or not, but uh, I think for me, it's really about control. <laughs> I don't know if, if, if that uh, yeah qualifies me as a control freak, but <laughs> but yeah, it's just, you know, like I said, going back to control, it's just like, you know, I, I think that most people, uh, well, everybody wants to have some sort of c- control over their lives. You know, uh, there's very few people, I, I don't think I've met anybody that says, okay, yes, literally tell me, every single thing like you know what to wear what to eat how to do my hair so you know we all want various uh, aspects of control over our lives and some of us you know decided to take that um desire for control a little bit further and say you know what i want to have more control over my destiny you know i i want to be able to control when i wake up when i go on vacation um so uh Another word for control is freedom, you know, so that that's really what it what it boiled down to me for was, um, you know, again, 
freedom, freedom to choose. So I, love I, I figured out what I, what I had to do in order to get that. So, so if I understand you correctly, because of the lifestyle you've chosen now, instead of feeling like other people are controlling you, you're like, you know what? I have options and I get to choose between these different lifestyle choices. I get to yeah. say, oh, I'm going to go live in Utah for a little while and go skiing a couple times a week. <laughs> Snowboarding. Because, oh, wait a second. How did you do that? So tell us a little bit more about your lifestyle because I think it's so unique. you got a, a little bit of a nomadic lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And it's so creative the way that you've run your business because you can do it from afar. Options are great. Thank you so much, Doug, for that comment. It's, yeah, options are good. I love that. <laughs> yeah, tell us a little bit more. How did you create this lifestyle? Right, go ahead. Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> It started with a vision. I mean, if you, it's again, you know, other people have said these quotes, you know, before me. So, but it's like, um, I, I can't remember who it is, but they're basically the, the phrase is like, if you don't know where you're going, you'll end up anywhere. So if you don't, you know, again, know where you want to go. And, and again, what I, what I would encourage people is just, Come up with something, you know, no matter if it's, you know, small or not. And it's like, yeah, you may not know where, where you want to be in 10 years, but, you know, try and push it out. Okay. Okay. A year or two, you know, five years where, you know, that, that phrase, where do you want to be, you know, <clears throat> you know, and a lot of people struggle with that because, you know, they just, uh, it's, again, it's a self-limiting belief. It's like, well, they haven't even given themselves the permission to think of like, okay, if, if, if I could do anything where, you know, where and what would I do? <clears throat> so for me, you know, again, I didn't, um, I didn't uh, have that problem of not giving myself permission. Uh, so really um, talking to some people uh, once I recently started living a nomadic lifestyle, which was, um, officially August 31st of, of 2023, um, some people right after I had done it had mentioned to me like, wow, Clay, hey, like, I remember you talking about this 10 years ago. <clears throat> so, you know, the, and so just for, for everybody's context, the, the, the reason I was finally able to start living a nomadic lifestyle is because my, my daughter, my only daughter, she finally graduated high school, you know, in, in May of 2023. So, you know, my my fatherly duties uh, as far as having to physically be there to be her dad, um, that that obligation uh, was over. So then that allowed me the the freedom <clears throat> freedom to travel, and <clears throat> you know, as far back as 10 years, I had that vision. I held that vision, and I you know, ask myself, okay, what needs to happen in order for me to do that? So I have to be intentional. It's like, okay, am I going to get a job doing something that is like, you know, going to require me to really have a physical presence somewhere? So if that type of an opportunity presented itself to me, you know, again, depending on my, my timeline, you know, I would say no to it you know mm -hmm. now in that 10 years yeah i had various you know physical labor jobs you know in college and, and stuff like that that you know obviously weren't uh 
or um, location independence. But as that kind of timeline got closer, then I was very strategic with, okay, you know, I know that I need to have something that is bringing in income that doesn't allow me to have to physically uh, even trade my time for money because it wasn't that I just wanted to live anywhere. I also wanted to, the again, the freedom to do what I wanted during the day. I, I think that that's really cool because you said it was 10 years to fulfill this vision. Yeah. How many people get three feet from gold and give up? How many people do you know in this entrepreneurial game that they're like, you know what, this is what I want to accomplish, but they're not willing to put in the iterations and the action to be able to not only become proficient, but to become excellent at what you do. So tell me a little bit, how did you keep that vision in mind? How did you keep that alive day in and day out? Was it the community? Like, was it your systems? What was it that was helping you stay on track? Uh, it's It's one word. You want to know what that word is? Yeah, I want to know what that word is. I just asked you. Let's hear it. <laughs> Called why power. Why power. Oh, so good. Why power. Okay, so we talked many... about this while we were eating uh, eating this week. Uh, no better. So good. Yeah. So, so, no many people, so many people have heard of the phrase willpower. And that really like has to me a negative connotation. Like... Hey, to me, the, the context that I have of willpower is that, okay, yeah, there's something that I have to do that I, I don't want to do, but I'm going to will myself or force myself um, to do that thing. And yes, that, you know, those things may help you, you know, achieve your goals and, you know, it's in pursuit of a, a bigger vision. But again, it's still, and uh, you know, call me crazy, whatever it, it still it just feels like it has a negative connotation and maybe that's just because you know uh just throughout society that that phrase is is really used um again uh, in a lot of context of hey you have to do what you don't want to do but you just got to do it <clears throat> so again but the the phrase why power to me it's you know it's essentially the same thing when you look at like what actually needs to be done but the reasoning behind it or the mindset behind it is like, okay, why am I doing this thing? Why do I need to do this thing that I may not want to do or, you know, is, is difficult or whatever? And when the answer to that question, when you ask yourself, it's like, why? Well, oh, yeah, why is because... I want to do this thing, you know, I have this vision and I need to accomplish, you know, I need to do this thing in order to get closer to realizing my vision. So again, it's why power. Yeah. Why power. And that's, that's something that when, when we have those micro shifts in our mind, just from will to why power, you're creating a space that's positive. You're creating an opportunity for yourself to, to go to that next level. I, I think sometimes our motivation gets, gets undercut by challenges and difficulties. I, I'm curious, because of this why power that you have, could, could you explain what is that why power like for you, maybe a little bit more specifically? Like what, what are the things that have helped you along your path to, to never give up? 
because you're you're on a trajectory that's so awesome yeah go ahead yeah <clears throat> i mean like i said it's just if if you're if your why is big enough then there's there's no obstacle that that can stop you i mean there's you know and you know in in the world of overcoming obstacles <laughs> my my story is you know by far not not the the most compelling you know there's been so many people that have overcome way way greater obstacles than myself but um yeah i mean like i said uh kind of on on a more specific <clears throat> um yeah i mean it's just like i i i keep that vision in front of me so it's not just some like pie in the sky you know it's just like um it's kind of like uh the phrase like um a goal without a plan is just a dream so actually having that vision and then putting the tactics in place and keeping that vision in front of you you know that that's really you know what really helped me you know it's like okay it's not just a matter of like you know positive affirmations and you know hoping that this thing is going to happen it's like okay i'm i'm actually gonna put together a plan and with the best resources that i have available the knowledge that i have at the time and then i'm just gonna take the next best action love that thank you so much now uh, i'm curious because i i know some people online don't don't know you here yet so if you were able to say what the one thing that helped you go from no short-term rentals to now managing, you said it was over 30 short-term rentals. What was that yeah. thing that helped you actually go and do that? Because it's a, that's an accomplishment, man. That is amazing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, uh, really what I tell people is it's a, it's a phrase. It's not a one word. <laughs> it's a short phrase. Um, and, and that phrase is, who not how. So, you know, I, I, uh, you know, and then there's actually a book, you know, by Dan Sullivan and Dr. Benjamin Hardy, you know, called who not how it's a great book. Um, I read it, you know, just uh, a few years ago. Um, but I was actually implementing, you know, who not how, um, before, before I even read that book, um, you know, before that, it was you know commonly referred to as you know outsourcing or, or whatever. So, um, yeah. So that that's kind of you know, I think what was the the determination, the determining factor between my success because you know along my journey, um, you know, I, I met a handful of other kind of small short term rental operators that were at you know two or three properties and it's so crazy, but they would actually brag to me how much money they were saving by cleaning the properties themselves. Oh. I was like, Oh my, like, again, it's like in their mind, they're saving money because they're the ones cleaning. So they don't have to pay somebody that money when mm -hmm. it's just like, well, okay, you know, if that's what you value your time at, you know, 20, $25 an hour, which is kind of roughly what, you know, most of my cleaners make, 
you know, versus I, I can be honest with you. I personally value my time at way more than $25 an hour. So, you know, again, with, with that mindset, it was like, okay. Um, and so not to say that I, I never cleaned any of my properties in a pinch, but you know, whenever possible, you know, I always try to apply the, the who, not how. I think who, not how is a great reframe to that challenge. Right. And this idea of outsourcing, it's, it's so true. The, the value that you can bring into a team, if you have the right person that's reliable, that, that actually you, you can say, Hey, get this done at this time frame, And they get it done in that time frame. Take yeah. so much stress off of you. Like yeah. so important. So yeah, for me, if I, if I didn't have cleaners, they would get horrible reviews because I'm not the best cleaner, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Because I, I know what clean supposed to look like, but I don't, I'm not the best person yeah. to get there. Yeah, that's, that's another thing. It's like, yeah, we don't really like doing those things either. It's like, and I, I'm, I'm probably not even the best at it, you know, so. Yeah. So hire the people that are, are super powered in that way, that they have those skills and they've developed them skills maybe over years. Yeah. And getting them in place, not only are they going to probably do a better job than you, you're also going to have all the stress and the mind uh, a, a space to be able to go do more properties, to be able to, be able to go do more things. So yeah. you said, how many properties are you at right now that you have under management or that you, you own? Yeah. So currently uh, I'm managing 32 listings. Um, so, and then that also includes a, a motel out in New Mexico. So Nice. So yeah. 32 listings in a New Mexican uh, motel. <laughs> That's so, so cool. <laughs> So um, I don't know if that qualifies me as a hotelier, you know, but uh, I'm, I'm trying that, trying that title on, you know, hotelier. <laughs> I, I like it. Oh, that's good. Um, as you went from, let's say three to five, where you could probably mostly do it by yourself to now having over 30, you said 32 properties. Yeah. Uh, what have been the key roles that you felt have had to be filled so that you can continue to expand. Right, right. Well, I can tell you that um, obviously the, the the number one person person's role that I that I filled um, from from the get go was the cleaners. Mm. You know, again, it was it was um, actually literally physically impossible for me to do it. So I uh, my my first Airbnb. Well, my very, very first one was just a, a room in, uh, you know, my apartment condo. Um, I'd lived with my daughter, you know, it was a three bedroom, two bath. And one of the spare bedrooms was my office. And, you know, it took me walking up uh, by my office, you know, a few years looking at it and just thinking like, man, like, you know, so I used to work, you know, in the living room on my laptop. I never actually worked in my office. And so, you know, every time I, I would uh, walk by my office, I'm like, man, this thing isn't making me any money. You know, it's just like a, a glorified storeroom. So then I, I finally, um, you know, I, I kind of always been in, in real estate. So I finally pulled the trigger and uh, turned, turned my room, you know, spare room into, you know, a, a short-term rental. And, you know, I'm from a college town. So I got a lot of, you know, grad students coming in for, you know, 
week or two long uh, projects. So um, that one I did clean myself, or should I say, I, I had my teenage daughter, you know, cleaning that. So I love she it. hiring your daughter cleaner. to do it. Yeah. <laughs> do it better. No. But, uh, but then, um, so then my, my, the, the next step or the next iteration, um, I actually deployed to Afghanistan. And so what I did then is I uh, took all like me and my daughter's like personal items out of the, uh, out of our apartment kept all of our furniture there. And then each of the bedrooms was its own listing. Um, so, <clears throat> so again, <clears throat> I was in Afghanistan, so I literally physically couldn't, um, couldn't clean the, the, the places. So yeah. again, cleaners were my first role, but then, uh, when I got back and started, you know, managing other people's properties or when I should say, uh, you know, I started with arbitrage, so but we, you know, that's that's a story for another day on the the differentiation between that. Um, but yeah, I think probably around the 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 three property, maybe the three to five property mark. Um, the first role that I hired, aside from the cleaners, was a virtual assistant, mm. and so you know, a lot of people again it goes back to the mindset of like who, not how, and having a bigger vision. And so instead of me saying, okay, well, Hey, I can save this money by paying, you know, keeping that profit or paying myself. It's like, no, I'm going to take money out of the business that I could be paying myself and pay somebody to do something that yes, I could do. But again, having that virtual assistant, and their only job, you know, is just part time, and their sole job was just uh, coordinating with the cleaners, you know, just following up, making sure, you know, because you know, in the beginning, I didn't have a lot of systems in place, so the the cleaner coordination was a manual process. So again, um, and then I eventually had them start taking over guest messaging, guest communication, um, you know, obviously stuff that the, the VA didn't know how to answer, then I would jump in and, you know, provide those answers. But so bottom line is that all throughout my business, through the journey from, from zero to 30 plus now, is I have been diligent about buying my time back. Mm. Because that's the one thing that we all have the same amount of. So, you know, some people can buy more of their time back than others. And, you know, like I said, that's, that's something that I was very, very committed to, to, to buying as much of my time back as possible. And I'm still not, um, you know, at zero hours a year in my business. So I still have uh, some levels to go before I can a hundred percent buy all of my time back um, for just that particular business, but yeah. it's, uh, it's pretty minimal at this point. So I think it's awesome that you have that mindset that your time is like exponentially more valuable than money. Yeah. And if you can trade a little bit of money to get back that time, it's so, so important. I, I heard this example from, from a good friend of mine. He's like, well, if you went back to your W2 job and you're like, Hey, I'd like a refund on uh, eight of my hours, please. <laughs> <laughs> What are they going to do? They're like, sorry, you, you can't do that. Right. Right. 
But a lot of times you look at the people that are living at the very highest level and they, they value their time the very most. Yeah. They'll spend whatever they need to, to make sure that they can, they can shave off timeframes. That's why coaching is so important. That's why mentorship is so important because can, can you do this? Do you think, do you think you could have done this to this scale uh, without mentorship or coaching or help? No, no way. How long do you think it would have taken you if you didn't have that mentorship? Because you probably still could have gotten there eventually. Mm. How, do you, how long do you think it would have taken you? Well, I, I don't know. I don't know if I would even get there eventually, you know, but I mean, uh, I have so many, so many great coaches and mentors. Um, you know, they're, they're, they've been in the form of books and podcasts and blog articles, you know, again, people who have achieved, you know, way, way bigger things than I have. And again, that, you know, they helped me with the mindset and again, these different concepts. And so it was really just like, okay, I, I read this thing. Here's this concept now go implement it you know. But if, if, and I, I think that's really the difference between a lot of people that, you know, and I, I bet you some of the people that, you know, four years ago when I was getting started that were bragging that they were saving money, cleaning their three Airbnbs, you know, I could probably assume that they're probably still at around three Airbnbs, you know, right now. And that's probably, you know, because they don't have any coaches or mentors, you know, they're, they're, they're watching Netflix at the end of the day, instead of reading the books, you know, or listening to podcasts, they're, they're jamming out to, you know, Taylor Swift on the radio instead of putting, you know, the, having a rolling uh, university, you know, in their car. So, and, you know, nothing wrong with that. It's just, you know, it, that those choices lead to the, the lifestyle that they are able to enjoy. You know, I love that. Well, Clay, uh, we had a question from my, my friend, Michelle, who's, who's in our audience right now. Uh, Michelle, if you want to talk Hi, Michelle. Michelle Torres. Hello. Hey, how you doing? Sorry, we had to wait a little bit, but yeah, give us your question and then uh, we'll just keep going on. Um, just had a couple of them. So when you first started the Airbnbs <clears throat> and you found your crew to for the cleaning, how did you, was it a company? Is it just personal people that you know? Um, how did you qualify them? Yeah, uh, great question. Um, no, it wasn't a company uh, for for the amount that a, a company wanted to charge. Uh, I could, you know, I, I would have been very, very, um, you know, high compared to my competitors as far as what the guests would have to pay uh, for their, their cleaning fee. Uh, but yeah, so in the early days, um, I just used the good old fashioned Facebook you know, I was just in, in one town. So I, you know, in my local like buy, sell trade group and, you know, I just post on there like, Hey, you know, I have, you know, a couple Airbnbs. I'm looking for, you know, some part-time cleaners and, um, you know, and, and to this day, like the majority of my cleaners are uh, mostly single moms with young children. So, you know, they, they kind of need that flexibility and, and thankfully the, the turn of time, <laughs> that uh that i need the units turned over you know which is between 11 and 3 um that works well with a lot of um 
mom's schedules. So, yeah. And then another question was the, um, are you, so who's doing the, like for the Airbnbs, um, on the Airbnb site. So like for their bookings and all of that, are you taking care of that yourself or did you hire someone to do that? No. So all, anything that can be done, um, in cyberspace is, is <laughs> by my, my virtual assistant. So, um, again, you know, that was early on, it was just, you know, handling guest communication and, uh, cleaner communication. Um, but now I have a, a team of, you know, like, uh, five, five full-time virtual assistants that run pretty much all aspects of my business, you know, everything from guest communication to, um, handling claims management to, you know, um, balancing my, my books, you know, <laughs> reordering supplies, um, you know, all that hiring and firing cleaners. Like I, you know, I don't even know, you know, when, when we have new cleaners on board, cause they, they handle all that for me. Okay. And then, so at the beginning, so let's just say to find out, Hey, these guys are cleaning and doing what I want done. Um, you go over that or they just, you already have someone that just does all that for you. Um, so if I'm understanding you correctly, are you asking about like spot check quality control? Yeah. Okay. Um, because they're cleaning, but again, you know, again, like I kind of heard you two, you and Brigham, what right. somebody's cleaning and someone else's cleaning is a little bit different, you know, just to kind right. of meet standards. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> thankfully, you know, in, in the beginning, I, I had some, some good cleaners. I, again, I didn't have the, the systems and the processes in place that I do now, um, which, you know, in hindsight, uh, I'm looking back like, man, I was, you know, I was, I was playing with fire there. Um, but yeah, so luckily, uh, you know, I, I had good cleaners that did what they were supposed to do. Um, you know, I didn't have any, you know, cleanliness issues. Um, so, but it was, you know, really when I started to scale, um, and especially out of my, my hometown, you know, that I really decided I needed to implement better systems and, and processes to, to, you know, monitor that, that quality control, because, yeah, um, you know, again, there, there, there was a couple of times and, you know, just like, um, I, I don't know what the phrase, but like all, all good inventions, you know, arise from solving a problem. So it's like, mm. uh, I, I didn't think it was a problem until it became a problem when, you know, I had a, a guest show up and the, the place wasn't clean, you know? So, yeah. uh, yeah. So that's, uh, like I said, that yep. it only had to happen once for me to be like, okay, you know, and, and so, you know, that's also kind of how my mind works too is when something happens that I don't want to have happen again um I don't just sit back and and hope and pray that it won't happen again and just be like okay well you know maybe that was just like a one time thing and you know let's let's just, just hope that doesn't happen again um my uh my brain goes to okay what system or uh, processes do we need to have in place, you know, checks and balances, 
so that this thing doesn't have, you know, so that this thing doesn't happen again. Mm -hmm. So that that's where, again, my business has has succeeded because I've all along the way I've, I've systematized um, things. And so uh, I've, I've used technology wherever possible and, and where, where technology uh, falls short, then I use uh, my VAs to fill in that gap. Um, so I tell people, so I have a, of course that teaches people how to build a six figure short-term rental business. And I, I say, I show you how to automate systematize and scale to, you know, six figures and beyond. So again, automation and systems are, are the key. Yeah. I think you bring up a great point there. Uh, if we don't want to have an issue continue to be an issue, you have to break it apart and figure out. If this happens, what happens after it? And yeah. you do those if then statements until you've automated that problem out of your system. And I think the value of any system is how easily you can adjust it. So tell us a little bit more. How have you been able to adjust your system either on the fly? If I, oh, I want to make sure this process gets changed or how have you continually been able to modify and hone that system so that it, it serves you the very best that it can? Yeah. So, um, so again, when, uh, when I implemented, uh, the, the software to, you know, track the cleaners and, you know, provide checklists and all that, <clears throat> um, the, you know, so that was like the first iteration is like, okay, let's just implement the software. And so it's, you know, for those who aren't familiar with it, that the software is called Turno, it's formerly called Turnover BNB. And basically it kind of functions, um, like an uber for for cleaners um in the sense that they can get connected to a, a property and then whenever a reservation comes in um, it automatically generates a cleaning project and then notifies <laughs> you know all the cleaners that are um uh, connected to that property and then it's first come first serve well um in the beginning again naively i just assumed that okay because somebody had claimed that project that they, you know, would be adults and, you know, be, be in charge of their own schedule and make sure that they showed up, you know, when they were supposed to show up and do what they were supposed to do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so again, key, keyword being naively, because, um, <clears throat> you know, again, with, with 20 something years in the military, you know, that's just kind of a, uh, again, an, a, an assumption of mine that people do what they're supposed to do. Um, so, again, going back to you know my my previous comment about you know how a guest show up um, to a property that wasn't cleaned, you know, that's when I realized like, okay, wow, just because a cleaner accepts these projects doesn't necessarily mean you know that they're going to show up, and you know. If my team isn't monitoring this, then um, you know, then that has the potential for a problem. So, <clears throat> what I um, what I did was like, okay, well, the the technology doesn't really have an ability for me to um, kind of like double check or have the the cleaner communicate to me like, yes, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be a, a responsible adult all that stuff. So I was like, okay, 
So the technology can't do what I need it to do. So I need to put a human element in there. So the human element, again, was my virtual assistants. And so now what they do is um, at eight o'clock in the morning, they are texting the cleaner that is assigned to that cleaning project. And they're, you know, as, as part of their message, it says, hey, you know, we see that you have claimed the cleaning project for today. You know, that's great. Um, please confirm within the next hour and a half that you still are planning on arriving and cleaning that property. And again, in that text message, it also tells them like, hey, <clears throat> if we don't hear back from you, we will start looking for other cleaners and you will be removed from the project. So again, that avoided a lot of issues, <clears throat> but then uh, again, another time where a cleaner had said, yep, I'll, I'll be there. Well, you know, between 8 a.m. and 11 a.m., <clears throat> stuff can still happen in life, you know, whatever. Um, so again, even though we had a cleaner confirm via text in the morning, they didn't end up showing up and, you know, my team wasn't monitoring that. And so then, okay, we had a guest show up then to a dirty property. So I was like, okay, well, now we need to add another step into the process. And so now the second step of that process is that um, my team checks, they literally log on to Turno and they look at the status because Turno will tell you like, okay, if the cleaner has marked started. So at 1130, you know, my team is uh, again, part of their, their daily tasks is to log in and see if all the, the projects have been started by the cleaners, um, because, you know, we, it's a fine line. Like we don't want to like be sending 10 text messages to a cleaner. Like, okay, it's, you know, it, I know you said you were coming at, at, you know, when we text you at eight, okay, it's, it's an hour before, are you still coming? And then, you know, again, and we don't want to be like, okay, it's like, it's 11 o'clock or are you at the property yet? You know? <laughs> so it's like, again, there's that fine line between, you know, monitoring things and then being overbearing. So again, we send them that one text in the morning and then we're monitoring. And if they haven't started the project by 1130, you know, which again, they're supposed to be at the, the property between 11 and 1130, um, then my team does send out them, you know, another text message be like, hey, you know, um, we we don't see that you've marked started on, on the project. So, um, Please, please let us know like what's going on. You know, they, they may be a new cleaner and kind of unfamiliar with the app, you know, so then we just, you know, coach them through that. Like, Hey, just make sure you mark, mark started and, and all that stuff. So. I have um, one, one last question. So I had, this has happened a couple of times. So I had, I guess that was there. Okay. It, her clock out, checkout time was 10. She's like, well, I'm not checking out. My kids are sick and um, we're not leaving yet. I'm like, well, my cleaners are outside to go in to clean. I've got someone in, checking in at three. She did not want to leave. Right. And 
it wasn't until like almost 11 and that had to push out the 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 guests that were coming in at three o'clock at about an hour yeah and she ended up breaking a few things in the house the guests uh -huh. but <laughs> yeah yeah and but it, it, it was a little i don't know how how would you handle that situation yeah i mean you know at the, oh, at the, a bad review after that what's that <clears throat> then i got a bad review after that oh from from the from which the guests that wouldn't leave or the guests that arrived the one that wouldn't leave mm. okay yeah i mean that can hurt you after a couple of them yeah yeah so um trust me you know i you know i'm i'm in a, a couple different facebook groups for you know super hosts and you know i i i see the horror stories you know every day and you know it's not a, a perfect model you know we are dealing with human beings and you know as as much as we would like to be able to control things or have people do you know what they're supposed to do you know when they're supposed to do it you know again they're they're people and you know also life isn't fair <laughs> so uh you know thankfully airbnb does have a few kind of checks and balances or you know uh processes or um, policies in place you know that you can dispute like a retaliatory review um that's that's kind of tricky you know i i, I get them removed occasionally but um you know unless they're 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 very blatant uh, sometimes it is hard um so yeah you know in situations like that you know it sucks um kind of you know if you look at it from the positive side you know at least you didn't get two bad reviews you know one from the <laughs> from the outgoing guests and then one from the the incoming guests but like oh my god you know i you know couldn't get into the property at my check-in time um so you know i i mean you mentioned your checkout time was 10 you know ours is 11 and you know we used to have a check-in time of three and now it's four again to kind of you know avoid those issues you know most most of my cleaners are done by three um so then that also kind of creates an opportunity for um you know a, a, a little bit of extra revenue you know you can charge for those early check-ins um you know again once if the cleaner is, is done so i i know some people that even have check-ins that you know set to five o'clock which is <laughs> like you know uh you know kudos to them if, you know for for having that in place and not getting not getting bad bad reviews but um yeah like i said to to answer your question you know there's there's not a lot you can do in that situation except just you know try and be communicating with the guest and just try and you know hope that they leave in a, in a reasonable time and communicating obviously with the incoming guest and um again with with damages you know again you know it is what it is and you know you just let airbnb know and say okay yeah they damaged this thing and so that's why the the arriving guest wasn't able to have this this particular amenity and you know there's nothing nothing we can do except deal with the deal with the issue and and move on and michelle if it's all right i'm going to answer that question as well with my perspective uh it's all about clarifying expectations with your guests before it's an issue so for instance on my uh on my uh 
short-term rentals, every single one, I have a, a picture that shows approved early checkout or uh, approved late checkout and unapproved late checkout. If you have an unapproved late checkout fee, then you can actually charge the guest. And a lot of times people are more motivated by not paying an extra hundred bucks per half an hour than just saying, Hey, I'll call the police and you'll have to be you know, escorted from the property if you have overstayed your welcome. Because they're also technically breaking house rules if you're like, this is our checkout time. Yeah. And you 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 stayed over. I mean, be human. You got 15, 20 minutes, yeah. not a big deal. But if it's an hour, that can totally shift the and uh, sick kids, you know. Like, you know. <laughs> there, yeah. Yeah. And I I get it, but I don't know. It's it, it's hard. It, it it's hard and like you just you learn from the the hardship of of it sure and another thing that's helped me eliminate that almost entirely not completely but almost entirely for my business is the day before uh they check out letting them know here's our checkout time and it's expected you leave uh before 11 a.m having completed these three or four tasks and if you haven't then there's this fee attached to it if you want an approved check, late checkout, then you need to get that approved uh, today, not tomorrow. That's okay. been something that's helped exponentially in my business because you're setting the expectation. If you do overstay, welcome. That's fine. You just pay an extra hundred bucks per half an hour. And then, I didn't know they had that option in there. In what that was that? I didn't know that there was an option in there that, that we could choose that. Just, it's not. It's not an option. It's just you put it as part of your house rules. Mm -hmm. Oh, got you. Okay. You can put whatever you can say, you know, hey, you need to, you know, wear a pink tutu while you're in my property. You know, I was like, if that's in your house rules, then, you know, technically it's, it's your property. Um, so <laughs> that's kind of one thing that Airbnb can't, can't dispute, can't fight you on, because again, it is your, you know, property, whether it's arbitrage or not, um, is that, you know, your house rules are your house rules. Um, mm -hmm. So. Like for, for me specifically also, um, again, some, uh, some situations that I, I eventually encountered was guests um, in the morning of their checkout, then deciding to extend their stay. So oh, the okay. cleaners already you know, like kind of plan their day out. They already claimed the cleaning project. So I implemented a rule, uh, and I communicated to the to the guests as well. I say, you know, okay, you know, if you need to extend your reservation, please do it uh, before 5 p.m. the day before your checkout. If you don't, then you will be charged half of the cleaning fee. So then we send that fee to the cleaners because basically it's disrupting their schedule. You know, so it's like, okay, you know, again, even as, as late as 10, 10 30, the guests can still technically um, extend their reservation and the cleaner, you know, might already be on their way. Um, and so again, we're like, you know, it's, uh, we don't think that that's uh, such an unfair, you know, or unreasonable to charge the guest, you know, half of the cleaning fee if they, you know, again, disrupt our cleaner schedule, you know. Yeah. Love it. That that's really a great way to to frame here's how you do business with us rather than letting the guest be the one that dictates those things. 
you set yeah. the clear parameters you're like hey we would love to have you extend your stay here's how you can do that and if you choose to do it before this time frame that's fantastic if you do it after this time frame that's fantastic here's what the the price is and i think the more clear we can be with our our guests and the more clear we can be with anything in business the easier it is for people to do business with us and to to not get those cross expectations because really that's where the uh the bad reviews will come in as if they they have a crossed expectation yeah so, Awesome. Well, before we we sign off, I actually wanted to ask uh, Clay a, a few more questions. And the the biggest one I I think is if you could could say one thing that helped you go from you know really getting into the nitty gritty parts of your system to where you are today. What has been the mindset around making sure that that you you consistently are are adjusting and getting a little bit better all the time that progress how do you consistently progress um yeah i don't know like a, a one word or, or something i mean it's it's obviously just a, a commitment to you know always in, improving my systems and you know taking a look so it, it's it's kind of like I, I tell people it's like you know i only spend you know, a few hours a week working in my business, but I also spend, you know, a few hours a week working on my business. Mm. So working on my business for me looks like, you know, hey, you know, how do we, you know, figure out some some new marketing channels or, you know, a different, uh, you know, acquiring more property. Um, you know, again, another thing of working on my business is, is looking at my systems and you know when when you're at the scale that i am um and again i have you know like five vas that are running things there's things that happen that if i wasn't like checking on them that i wouldn't even realize like oh i would never have even thought that that was a problem or that this happened and my team you know they're they're just they're, they're great people. So they just, you know, roll with it and they, they, they solve the issue on their own, but it's kind of the difference in the mindset. Like they just, they just want to solve the problem and just deal with it and handle it. Whereas with me, when I see, again, what I said earlier is like, when I see something happen that isn't supposed to happen, then I want to look <clears throat> and figure out how do I put a system or a, another process or a checks and balance in place. Whereas my team isn't like, they're not coming to me with stuff like that. Like, Hey, this thing happened. Um, and here's what we recommend uh, a process that we, we put in place, you know, like, you know, I, I would love it if they did come to me with stuff like that, but it's like, I'm, I'm grateful that they, that they do their role and they do the tasks that, you know, are outlined for them. Um, so that you know that obligation falls on me to then just kind of be be uh what i call spot checking it's just jumping in looking at you know communication with cleaners looking at communication with guests you know and just seeing if i uh if something out of the ordinary um <clears throat> you know pops up that like oh wow i again i never would have thought that this situation um would have happened but um now that I, now that it did, maybe I should 
put something in place so that it doesn't happen again or to try and minimize it as much as possible. I love that. And that's something that takes energy and effort consistently because there will be kinks in your business. You They might have not even known that they were there until you you have that experience two or maybe even three times. Hopefully you yeah. can notice it the first time, but I know for me in my business, it's been, oh man, this has happened two or three times. How can I prevent that from ever happening again? So the uh, perfect thing that I'm kind of on my plate uh, for, for this week um, with this hotel that I uh, recently started managing, um, we recently turned on um, the channel booking.com which has, you know, horror stories galore. Yes, um, and, it does. You know, I, I definitely don't recommend it for just a normal short-term rental, but for a hotel, it definitely makes sense. Um, well, you know, I don't know all the, you know, ins and outs of, of booking.com and we were sending guests messages and some guests were like arriving to the property. So, so we have contactless check-in at this motel. Um, some guests were showing up expecting kind of to check in like a normal hotel. Um, they weren't reading their emails, you know, that had all their check-in. Uh, I'm not even 100% sure that they are even getting like our communication via email. Again, not 100% sure on uh, booking.com and whether it's, you know, you get the messages, obviously you get the messages on their platform, but we also assume that, you know, they would be forwarded as emails. Um, and again, so, so now, you know, what we're implementing a process is, you know, my team is going to text that guest, you know, their room number and their, you know, access code. Um, but that's just an interim thing. Again, my brain says, okay, how can we get technology? So I'm actually going to look into, um, a, a multi-step process. Uh, one of the tools out there is called Zapier. Um, and it's basically a, a software that, that can connect two different types of softwares that won't natively talk to each other. So I'm looking into uh, implementing uh, a technological solution that will automatically um, send that information that would that they should be seen in their email, um, have it automatically sent because Again, when you're when you're dealing with scale, you know this particular motel is ten units. Um, you know I don't want my team to accidentally miss a reservation and accidentally miss sending that information, and then have a guest show up and you know there'd be a bunch of confusion. Because again, my team is you know they're human; they do make mistakes. Um, so again, try and use technology whenever possible. So I think that's awesome. Yeah, I, I've had my VA team physically call the booking.com people because they almost never get the emails and they almost never get the the text to their uh, their platform. So it, right. that's just one of the challenges with using that platform. It does bring some good business, but it it definitely is a challenge. So I love it. Well, Clay, thank you so much for your insights. The 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 person that you've become is just amazing, man. And I'm so excited to see where you're going next. And if I can ask you one last question. What is it that you feel you're you're working toward that uh, maybe could be some advice for other people as well, but what is your vision moving forward? Yeah, yeah. So like I said before, you know, um, 
you know, my short-term rental business, you know, that pays the bills, it, you know, gives me the lifestyle that, that I, I want. But um, at the end of the day, it's not fulfilling, you know, it, it doesn't serve uh, a purpose other than, you know, providing, you know, shelter for, for travelers. Um, so it was, you know, a couple of years ago that I really did some reflecting and was like, okay, what, what do I want my legacy to be? What do I really, really enjoy doing in the world? Um, and so that the answer to that was, you know, connecting with fellow entrepreneurs, um, helping them level up their business, but in a collaborative setting. Um, so that's, you know, what that looked like was creating a mastermind company. So, you know, and, and I put on, I've, I've put on a couple mastermind retreats and, um, one thing that's kind of unique about our, our masterminds is that each entrepreneur actually gets to have a hot seat. Um, and I know the, the term mastermind gets thrown out there a lot, but really to me, a mastermind means like a group of individuals focused on solving, you know, a particular problem in, you know, at that moment. So it's not a, a speaker up in front of the room, you know, sharing their, their knowledge. Um, so I originally, you know, my, my first name that I came up with that was, was go mad, go mad world. It stood for go make a difference in the world. Um, that was a little bit, uh, hard for people to kind of grasp. And so, um, me and my, my business partner, um, Allie, um, we've, we've renamed the company to 5 billion entrepreneurs. Um, so if, if that gives you any idea of the scale of, you know, the, the impact that we want to make on the world, you know, it's like we know what we're building is we only hope that within our lifetimes, we will get to have a glimpse of what the company and the organization will become. So that's what having a vision and a purpose and a legacy that is bigger than you, bigger than your lifetime is. Mm -hmm. So um, if you're interested in connecting with you know other entrepreneurs, Again, check out our website. It's 5billionentrepreneurs.com. Um, we do a monthly virtual mastermind, and then we do a couple uh, mastermind retreats in person. Um, we're looking at Budapest this fall. So if you want to get cool. travel overseas, you know, come join us. Yeah, <laughs> That is awesome. And I think keeping in mind that you, know, you want to create something that's bigger than yourself. Yeah. And invite others to go a long way. I, I think you're... And we had 21 people on today and you, you made a difference for all of us sharing your insights, your, your story. Thank you for, for helping us overcome some, some maybe some kinks in our business on how we can systemize things and, and to really see what's possible in the short-term rental game, but also in the long, uh, in the long haul with all that we do with real estate. Thank, thank you once again for, for that. I'm going to close the live stream guys. This was loving up. So grateful. Uh, to have you guys tune in. Have a wonderful rest of your day. I'm going to stop the live stream right now. There we go. Thank hey, you thank, all. Thank you so much, Clay. Man, that was awesome. Great, great work. Really fun to to chat with you. And yeah, I I think that you shared some really great insights, man. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, all the rest of you guys that are still on, uh, if, if you have any uh, questions, feel, feel free to, to ask, but I asked Clay to only be here for an hour. So, I mean, if, if you have to go, I totally understand. Not, not a problem at all. Uh, live streams. Over, but... you know? 
We can yeah. stay on for another 10 or 15 more minutes. Yeah. Guys, do you have any specific questions that, uh, that you. You Clay would be able to answer for you or that we could help you out with? Yes, I do. This Hi, Clay. How are you doing? Pretty good. Yeah, that's great. Well, yeah, congratulations to those, you know, 32. That's awesome. And a um, couple of, um, you know, a couple of questions. And I know I was listening with the problem with, you know, the person that came out and about the existing client didn't want to leave. And um, so, I mean, I know you have 32, you know, did you even have one that happens and um, like if they don't really leave and you have somebody, it's not a problem so much if nobody's checking in, but you know, like what she was saying, one was checking in. So that really created a um, situation there. Right. So, so that's, um, you know, because you, you obviously you deal with a lot of clients now because you have a lot of units and I know I'm not sure you know, did it even happen to you personally? And and what would be the worst case scenario of it if um, if the person doesn't leave and the other one couldn't check in? So are you going to help, you know, that person find an accommodation somewhere or what would it be like? I mean, would you even offer, you know, to, you know, have a cancellation? Like maybe to say, hey, this other person, you know, won't leave and all that, and which it's not gonna look good. And right. so that person obviously needs to find a place. And if you don't have anything vacant, so how do you deal with that? Um, and yeah, and I yeah. Um, I mean, kind of like I talked earlier, you know, um, yeah, situations like this do come up. Um, I, I, I have had. Uh, a few few instances, you know, where the the guest doesn't want to leave. You know, I've I've had guests um, argue with us, like, no, my checkout is actually tomorrow. It's like it's like having to send them screenshot, like literally look, like, you know, this is like <laughs> it's it's black and white. Here's your checkout. Um, you know, we had some some guests that, um, you know, they were they were criminals uh, and we literally had to call the police because they they weren't checking out they weren't communicating with us um and and they ended up getting arrested because like they had warrants and stuff <laughs> and then again the place was was uh, a complete mess um but so and we did have you know a, a same day check-in but thankfully you know in in the the rare occasions that airbnb is helpful for you is you know we explained the whole situation you know and they they canceled the upcoming reservation they they, they moved them to a different accommodation um, we still got paid for that reservation you know because then we were able to show like pictures of of the place you know in complete disarray and 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 all that stuff so um so yeah it's, it's you just kind of have to take every every situation, you know, on its own, on a case by case basis. And, you know, just know, know what the, the resources you have uh, with the platform, you know? So if you're just like, oh, well, I don't know, you know, just, I guess, cancel your reservation, you know, and instead of like going through Airbnb and keeping them, keeping them in the loop. 
Yeah, that was the answer that I was looking for. Yep, glad I could help. Airbnb actually uh, helped you with that. So that thank you so much. And um, my my other question um, is, you know, you mentioned you have five virtual assistants, and where do you find those virtual assistants, or how do you even vet them? I mean, are you requiring like experience with uh, being in a short-term rentals or are you training them themselves or what's your process when it comes to that and um yeah and, so okay go ahead did you have some yes and also you mentioned with the you know automation that you're using and then you mentioned one platform and so what are you know the platforms that you're you or like the the software that you are using to make this you know as seamless as possible process with, you know, with the whole business, you know, um, operation. Yeah. Um, so to answer your first question um, with the, the VAs. So again, I, I've been in, uh, I've had my short-term rental business for over four years now. And um, that has, has been a journey, a process, and learning experience all in of itself. You know, I, I've gone through many, many virtual assistants. Um, again, I at first I didn't have any vetting process, and then I had you know implemented a vetting process. But um, you know, there's there's sites out there called you know Upwork. You know that that's where I've found a lot of uh, my VAs, um, and yeah, you know, like that's that is a, a big barrier for a lot of people is um, even if you go on there and create an account and post a job, you know, you're going to get, you know, 500 applicants. Um, so, you know, I, I haven't really like kind of dove in and, and like done a real time, like train of thought when I'm looking at applicants, like, okay, this is what I'm seeing here. This is what I'm seeing here. Um, um, but that that's kind of what I did in the beginning. Um, and then, you know, that, that process, you know, got refined over the years where um, I would have them answer some questions and then, I, you know, depend on uh, their, well, let me back up. Some, um, some of the, 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 the vetting that I, I implemented was also like in the job description, uh, a little trick that you can do is like at the very end, have something like, hey, uh, if you're interested in this job, like comment blue, like, in you know, whatever. So that in itself, because you can get like a hundred people replying. And again, if, if you have that little, little Easter egg um, requirement in that description, and you only have out of a hundred people that apply, only ten people message you with that word blue. Then, like, okay, that helps filter it down because, like, you're like, okay, these people actually read the entire job description all the way through. They didn't just see the the job title and then you know hit apply. Um, so then that can help filter it down. And then, you know, then you just kind of have to you know look at each each individual profile um, and, you know, kind of evaluate, look at their experience. 
Um, I, I believe Upwork has a, a rating system too, where you know you can rate rate VAs. You can show um, they can show how much money they've earned you know over the past you know x amount of uh, years. So you know obviously all those you know there's a, there's a ton of stuff that's you know kind of outside the scope of what I can answer in just a, a few minutes. But um, you know I, I can uh, it's it's a good good idea. Uh, I might expand on that. Um, so. Uh, and then for your next question, you know, all the, the, the systems and processes or, well, no, okay. Going back, uh, you also asked like, how do I, I train them? Um, so again, in the evolution of my business, I used to personally train every single VA, you know, and it used to take me, you know, like at least 30 days to really get them spun up. And that was me, you know, literally working through, um, everything one-on-one uh, -on -one with them and then again with that mindset it's like okay how do I buy back my time then I just said all right for my next VA when I'm training them I'm gonna start recording this <laughs> so then okay. I started it's like I started recording like all the stuff that I was training them on and then I put that uh, you know up on a website uh, learning management system and then I'd had, um, you know, new VAs go through that system. So like, okay, now you're, now you're at a baseline. Now, what questions do you have? So I did that. Um, and then I slowly uh, refined that training, you know, instead of just recording, you know, me working with somebody who's like, okay, kind of going more in depth. Um, so I did that. And, and now where I'm at is, I don't hire VAs anymore and I don't train VAs anymore. Um, I have a VA agency and again, I've gone through a couple of them um, because I have very, you know, very high standards. And so it's like, you know, if, if they, they aren't up for the task, then I can, you know, find that out usually within, within a couple of months. <clears throat> um, so I, I've been with uh, the, my current agency for, um, a little over six months now. Um, so not only do I have an agency that is finding, vetting, and um, you know hiring other VAs as I need them, but I also now have a senior VA um, on my team that has been with me and you know really really rose up and excelled at everything. And so then we we promoted or I promoted him, um, and now he trains all the other incoming VAs. So on top of that, but again, he, uh, before they even go to him, they have to go through all the, the, the training. So, you know, so, um, but yeah. Well, and, then, you... oh, go ahead. and then for, for all like the tools and stuff, um, I mean, I use a, a project management software called ClickUp. Um, I use open phone, um, I use Remote Lock. I use Hospitable. I use Google Sheets. I use Turno. Um, so uh, I, I cover all this more in depth. Like I mentioned earlier, I, I did create a course. Um, you know, my website is buildabnbbiz.com um, forward slash start. If you don't have any Airbnbs or forward slash grow, um, if you have at least one and you kind of want to grow from that one to 10. Um, so I cover kind of all my tools and 
how I have them all configured and you know, you literally get to see behind the scenes um, of all that. So, um, and that also comes with a, a monthly group coaching call. So build a BNB biz, biz with a Z.com forward slash start or forward slash grow. If you really want to get more in depth on some uh, training on that. Oh, okay. So you'll be able to just go to that and and watch something there. Uh, that that will show you like how you can uh, get involved with the the course. Oh, I see. Build a bnbbiz.com. Okay. Okay, I put that in the chat. Is that spelled correctly? Yep. Build a bnbbiz.com forward slash start or forward slash grow. Oh, and start. Okay. Sweet. Well, I think that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah you like are. three different resources that I hadn't ever used. One was a, a manager, a project manager. Like I've, I've dabbled in Asana, but most of the time I just utilize, uh, like a, a, a Google, uh, sheet and a Google, um, document that I've attached a lot of hyperlinks and videos to, um, what, what would you say is the thing that, uh, is most useful with your project management tool? I can't remember what you said it was called. Click up. Click up. I'm going to write yep. that. Yeah, it's a very, very, very powerful, um, you know, again, task management, project management, you know, software platform that um, I actually was was introduced to it um, when I was working a, a corporate job as a as a marketing strategist for a marketing company out in Kansas City. Mm -hmm. um, and I used various project management softwares, you know, in my career. But like when I, when I, you know, started learning and using ClickUp, I was like, wow, this is, it's uh, very, very powerful. And again, it's used used by many thousands of different companies. So it's very customizable. And, you know, I use it also in our, our mastermind company too, how we, you know, organize and communicate and track things. So cool. Yeah. So you have to go get it individually, Clay, right? Um, because I have ClickUp, OpenPhone, Hospitable, Deturno. As your, you know, basically your project, the project manager, right? So yes. did I miss any? Was there an another another one? Um, remote lock is what I use for managing the the um, unique codes to be generated for the guests. Mm -hmm. Okay. Cool. So, but again, all of them you have to go individually. You can't just go to like one company and they'll have all this. Nope, nope. They're all individual softwares, you know. It's kind of like you gotta if you want a Facebook account, you gotta go to Facebook. If you want a Google account, you gotta go gotta go to Google, yeah. Yeah. How how much you know approximately are you paying for your virtual assistance? I mean, I've seen like um talk to people with completely like, you know, a big range. So in your um operation how much are you you know paying are you paying per hour per month or how are you paying them yeah so i i, I play i pay a flat rate um to the agency um i won't go into depth uh 
my exact because I you know I have worked out um, uh, a good deal with them, but I say on an average um, for a full time VA uh, overseas in the, the Philippines or whatever, you can you usually budget around a thousand dollars a month is is a pretty good um, you know again starting point um, depending on on skill level. Um, so again, that's 40 hours a week, you know, full time for a month is a thousand dollars. Okay. All right. Thank you. Because yeah, that because that is um in a high from what I've seen. Mm -hmm. At least from yeah. other people. Okay. I mean you can you could probably find them out cheaper. So but that's just kind of a, a median, you know, there's you can pay more or you can pay less, just depends on on the skill level, you know, just like, just like in the U.S., there's a, a range of salaries, and you get what you pay for. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, well, that's the thing too, because like if you are going, you gotta make sure you know they speak you know good English. They can communicate you know with that. Um, oh yeah, yep, yep, and that's you know having a good robust onboarding process too, or or vetting, you know, and I I didn't. I didn't go over that, but we we also now have a very lengthy, um, not super lengthy, but I mean, there's definitely a handful of <clears throat> um, hoops that cleaners that want to clean for us have to go through. You know, there's a, a whole process. It's not just like, you know, they say, oh, yeah, I can clean. And then the next day they're cleaning a project. You know, it's like, no, they it's a. <clears throat> uh, a pretty thorough onboarding process that we have built out for uh, vetting cleaners too. I know that uh, Alex Rep uses some of the system that you've put together as well. You say you basically have a questionnaire to make sure that they are a good fit, and based on how they they go through that questionnaire with uh, and their experience, then they have like a course they actually have to take. Do you do that as well? Yeah, that's that's. He 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 took my course and he implemented that system, you know. So, but yeah, so they the the course again is just an, an onboarding, you know, that consists of you know different videos that you say, okay, here's here's how we do this, here's a tool that you use, and then the software, the, the software that we use is it's a the the type of software is called an LMS, a learning management system. So those softwares are designed again for corporations to do employee onboarding so they have built into them uh the way uh, the option for you to um put in questionnaires at each you know whenever you want so after each video um on our onboarding process we have questions where it's like okay you know that's one question multiple choice uh, about the the thing that they just watched because you know we don't want just somebody just like click and play and you know hit and mute and you know continuing to watch their their netflix show um so it's like we we have them answer you know questions all throughout the training and then there's a final test at the end and you know if they pass everything then it's you know generates a certificate for them so sweet and with with that you basically have is it like an hour long kind of thing where they have to go through watch the video and then 
hit that or is that like a couple hour long process to instruct um, i think actually like the the total length of all of our videos is around 45 minutes okay so, um again however long it takes them to you know watch the videos and then answer the question and then answer the test you know maybe an hour you know so again, as soon as they have their certificate though they'll take that certificate and then they upload it into uh this platform and say hey look i've completed that yeah right. well the platform generates it and then they send the certificate to to my team <clears throat> again like my team could go and log in to the platform and be manually checking and following up it's like but again the way i have it designed is like no like they need to be the ones being the cleaners being they the cleaners are the ones that need to be proactive and you know again we send them you know messages that say okay here's here's the instructions once you have your certificate you need to send it to us because <laughs> my team does not follow up with them it's like again we're we're onboarding dozens of cleaners, you know, at any given time. So it's like, you know, if you want this job, you need to send us the information that we need. You know, we'll, we'll get you set up for success, but yeah. we're not, we don't chase people anymore. <laughs> Blade, do you do that, a background yeah, check on any of your cleaners or maintenance professionals, that, things like that? A background check. Do you ever run that because i mean i know that costs like you know 25 30 bucks depending on the extent of the background check yeah no for for the volume of cleaners i mean we i think we probably have 300 cleaners you know <laughs> maybe maybe not 300 but you know again and the some cleaners go through the whole onboarding process and they don't even end up ever cleaning a project mm. so um again we yeah. But you we, Yeah, we we're not gonna lose money onboarding cleaners. <laughs> right. So do you normally um use like companies that have more employees so in that way? Because obviously I know my, my mother in law and my father in law, they have somebody cleans their house and they refuse to get like an individual because I mean I see their point. And because if that person gets sick, then what happens is, you know, nobody can clean. So they always go to like a company. So they're using a company and if, so they see like different people come to clean. So how is it with yours, with your cleaners? Are they like individuals majority or are they like companies? Yeah, all, all our cleaners are individuals and, um, yeah, the way we solve the, you know, any one individual getting sick or vacation or emergencies, we have multiple, multiple cleaners um, in every city and every property in that given city, all the cleaners in that city are assigned to be able to pick up and claim jobs at, uh, at any of those properties. So it's not, it's not just like a one-to-one -one or a two-to-one, like, okay, you're the one or two cleaners for this property. Again, if we have, you know, uh, basically the, the rule of thumb that I, I tell my team is um, we keep hiring until we are at five active cleaners 
and we define an active cleaner as a cleaner is cleaning a project within 30 days, five active cleaners per property in a given city. So if we have 10 properties in a given city, until we have a bench of 50 cleaners, active cleaners, my team is continuing to hire. Love so this serves kind of as a dual purpose is like, you know, and, and I talked about this with a, another short-term rental operator. His name is Alex. Um, he kind of was running into this, uh, when running into a problem before he implemented, implemented my system was that when you become dependent upon a cleaner, then they can start to dictate their rates. So then they're having to raise their rates on you. And if you don't have any options, then you're kind of like, okay, well, I guess I got to, you know, start paying you $50 an hour or whatever. Whereas with our model, um, we have multiple cleaners competing against each other to claim these jobs. So we set the rate at what we set it at, you know, and if that doesn't work for the cleaner, if that's too low, then we're like, okay, well, you know, that's your preference. You know, we're not, we're not going to argue with anybody as far as, oh, you want to be paid more? Well, this is the rate. You either accept it or you don't, you know? So mm -hmm. yeah, they're competing against each other. Okay. That's a great idea. And so you have, you always have a lot of you so, know, people for that. Yeah. Because I know it's a, uh, that's pretty much like, you know, the cleaners can really make or break your, you know, your short term rental business because oh, that's yeah. a, that is just so important. I know you're talking about Alex, you know, rep, uh, rep show. Yep. Um, yeah. What he does is actually he hires, like if he hires, like, um, I think he hires like a company and that person actually would manage the cleaning of of that whoever you know this person is gonna send and all the way to even uh, I don't know if he's still doing it now and I know he moved back again to Kansas City he was in Chicago for a while but um but that's what he does and even like the the laundry you know wow yeah, so, so that that yeah that's what he used to do and he realized like once he learned my model that he was gonna drastically reduce his overhead, you know, because he relied on an uh, on the ground like manager, and then they could only manage a certain number of properties before, you know, that got too much for one person to handle. So again, using our model where, you know, it's just virtual assistants and then cleaners, you know, there's no, you know, middle, middle person, it creates a leaner operation um, and it's more scalable quicker too. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, because yeah, with his process, yeah, I was, I mean, it's guy because he was only using like uh, four hours a week, I think he may be using the four hour week, you know, book, I know I've read that too, but um, yeah. it's, I mean, it's great, but yeah, he does have a lot, you know, at least did, you know, when he showed it to, you know, to, to us, because we, you know, we used to have like a mastermind here with, um, with that and, you know, with a short term rental and, so he was showing his uh, processes and stuff, and and um, yeah, it you know the overhead was you know in a higher side. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he 
he switched over to my model uh, February of, of last year. Okay. He's got a lot now. I think he's got like 60 something now. Yeah, sure. I, I mean, he definitely has a handful of units. So, yeah. He, yeah. So, all right. Well, thank you so very much. Yeah, hey, thank you so much. Uh, and thanks for going above and beyond, even farther. Uh, yeah. Great questions, guys. I, I'm really grateful to have have Clay on today. And yeah, the, uh, moving forward, this is the way that I want to do Thursdays is just to have a great guest on and interview them from the community. So if you want to be highlighted or you know someone that would be really awesome to be highlighted, feel free to reach out to me directly. Numbers 435-238-0707. But once again, Clay, man, knocked out of the park, dude. So great. Yeah. To have you on.